What's up? This is Levon Zarike, former University of Washington football player, and this is I already forgot. <laughs> Circling Seattle Cir- Sports Podcast. Circling Seattle's that's a tongue twister. Circling. Hello, and welcome back, everybody, to episode 91 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Oh we are God. in fact live. We've got everybody here today. It's not just two people or one person. Uh, we're all back. All of our voices work, unless somebody happens to just get throat chopped in the middle of this. And, uh, <coughs> oh, see, I just speak it in the, into existence. That is how we manifest things, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I would love to manifest a new starting pitch. I mean, what? That's crazy. I didn't say that. Wow. Um, I know last week I did a different order than I normally do. I went by things. I did went by teams that prioritized uh, news and importance. But I won't do that this week. I think we'll jump back on that train next week. Regardless, Seattle Seahawks, football time. Football is fast approaching with preseason games coming up this month of August. Um, so Can let's I just jump say, into though, it. Like, thank God. I feel like that is somewhat the bread and butter of the podcast sometimes. Well, I mean, that's how this podcast started. It was just Seahawks uh, Seahawk games every week. That's all it was for a while. Um, and then obviously it expanded. And then I said, hey what if I got Bennett on the show? And then I said, Hey, what if we invited Omari on the show? And now we're here today. Oh, beautiful. I love to see something grow. That is uh, is, his idea that I got invited on the show. No, it was kind of, it was, it was parallel thinking both Chuck and I at the same time were like, what if we got Omari? And Chuck can take full credit because this is his show. Excuse me. Good timing, I guess for me there. (laughs) Um, it, it is interesting to see where we're at, um, you know, passing a thousand streams a while ago. And where are we at right now? Let me look. We're like uh, 2,300, 2,300. Yeah, um, so, you know, if you haven't seen it already either, the YouTube banner is switched now. It's new and updated. And the Twitter banner is switched now and updated as well as the logo. Um, so, you know, little growth things. Um, speaking of things that aren't growth related uh injury news for our seahawks sad face everybody make a sad face at home mm. um oh, this will piss some people off mm-hmm. uh Dwayne Eskridge. okay no okay gotta- <laughs> uh Dwayne Eskridge is injured he was placed on the p the pup list uh physically unable to perform as well as Travis Homer was also put on that list yes. uh people might not care about that Travis Homer injury as much uh, but it tends to be that when you draft somebody high, like a Dwayne Eskridge, people expect results and they expect them quick. Um, especially considering the tutelage of the last few high draft picks for the Seahawks. Um, so yeah, Dwayne has a setback and it's not sure when he'll be back. So, uh, the torches and pitchforks are out. I'm a little scared for him. I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think I'd be worried about it if there was more news, you know, if there was more to it. Yeah. Like there's a balance when it comes to football injuries, you know, like too much information makes you concerned. Right. But then not enough information makes you even more concerned. And I think we're with, with where we're with Eskridge is, is he going to be ready for the start of the season? Who knows? Does that actually matter? Was he really going to see playtime at the start of the season? Probably not a ton. 
Yeah, and that's the thing I, I think right now with this offense, with a new scheme coming into play um, and the different playmakers that we've got on this offense, I don't think it'll be an, an issue for Waldron to say, oh, no, our new rookie receiver is dead. Whatever shall we do? I think I think we'll be fine, yeah. um, especially with the usage of the tight ends that we'll we'll have. So I think that having our two main guys and uh, DK and Tyler, you know, and having Gerald Everett now in the fold and Wood Disley and potentially Kobe Parkinson on top of our running back group, I think it should be fine. You know, I don't think we're we're dying for playmakers right now necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Bennett stated it well. It's not like uh, there's too much going on. We don't know that, you know, this, this, and this is broken and it could see this much recovery time and all that. So that's good. But uh, I do hope Travis Homer is all right. I didn't mean to discard him into oblivion there. Um, one of the undrafted free agents that the team signed, Pierre Olivier Lestage, was placed on the non-football injury list. Um, and your center, current center, Ethan Pochich, is dealing with a hamstring injury, which has opened up competition there at the center spot, which is the one spot that I was concerned about on the offensive line this offseason. So we will see who your center will be uh, week one in Indianapolis. But until then, there's a competition there. And you know the guy who wears the Air Monarchs and chews the gum and gets really excited uh, tends to like that competition thing, right? So... We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. His Look at the word "compete" even has his name in it. There you yeah, go. Right there. Um, team notes: uh, Jamal Adams reported to training camp, despite Ooh. what a lot of people said that he would not. Uh, no holdout for the time being. The understanding is that there is good progress between the two sides, and a deal that should be made in the month of August. Um, so, uh, at the way it stands currently, with his current contract situation he's set to make 9.86 million dollars on his fifth year option do we have a prediction on mr adams yearly earnings i'm not saying tell me how many years and how much total just how much ballpark you think the man will make in his yearly contract and i'm going to throw it to omari to start just give me a a yearly contract number because he said he wants to reset the safety market and he Uh, said that he wants to be the highest paid safety Bear in mind that Justin Simmons is highest paid with like 15.25 per year. Mm, I can see him something like similarly around there, probably. You think around 15? Yeah, just like on another team, he definitely could be the highest paid safety, I feel like. But with like our um, this our salary situation, I don't see him being the highest paid safety on our team. Now, let me push back on that. <laughs> fight, fight. Because we did, we ostensibly are letting KJ Wright walk. For the time being, at least. For the time being, that's what it looks like. We have done some decent restructuring. With 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 probably more to come, we'll see. And Russell said he would be open to it if the t- uh, time arrives. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, I like with a if a Russell Wilson contract gets a little reformatting as well. I think, and I will just steal Evan Hill's number here because I, I generally agree with his cap analysis. I think 17 and a half is not unfair to ask for if you're Jamal Adams. I don't disagree with that. I disagree with Omar just because I think that um, 
if if the guy wants to be paid the highest and he brings things both you know and he brings what he does in the box especially after the year he had last year you know uh, pass rush wise um and he wants to reset the market usually that doesn't mean you know just give me a little bit more than what the last guy made right um so 17 17 and a half sounds right and it sounds reasonable yes it sounds it like does. okay it this this does. works for me this works for you and let's go out and play some ball now let's make a, i think there needs to be a very important distinction here highest paid most valuable does not equate to best tedrick thompson <laughs> Hedrick Thompson, my boy, T2. Um, because when somebody is the highest paid whatever in the league, it does not guarantee that they're the best in their position. It means that to their team and to yep. other teams, yep. they are currently the most valuable. Does a deal like Kirk Cousins make sense? No. <laughs> not everybody in the freaking league was chomping at the bit to get him on their team. Does the deal like this for someone like Jamal Adams make a ton of sense. Yes. Cause I can tell you of at least seven teams with the money that want him just as bad as we do. So, I mean, there's, there's this false equivocation in the NFL fandom where people try to say that, Oh, well he doesn't deserve to be this paid because uh, Justin Simmons is better than him. That, the same thing happens with Lamar and they call him a running back and shit. Exactly. You know, and usually he, usually it's just a bunch of kids who are immature or people that don't have the football knowledge. It's not even football knowledge. It's just like just kind of making an analysis over what a middle schooler would do. And it's like, is Justin Simmons a better overall corner than Jamal Adams? Probably. But is someone going to shell out 17 and a half mil for Simmons right now? No. Cause, cause I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much about timing. It's so much about placement. It's yeah. so much about team need and yep. team, like how much they can spend. So the, I just, I think that false equivocation just really bothers me. Cause it, oh, and that happens all the time. It'll always happen. Um, just because of how much of a draw, you know, football in this country is, you know, when you have a, a large fan base like the NFL and, you're, you make billions of dollars a year. You're more than likely going to get a lot of idiots that are fans. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's just part of it. Um, speaking about contracts and wants and needs, right? The Seattle Seahawks, your Seattle Seahawks, were listed as a team to watch. I'm not saying anything's imminent. I'm not saying there have been talks. They're a team to watch as Dolphins star cornerback Xavier Howard requested a trade amid contract issues. Howard said that he is open to staying in Miami with the Dolphins. It is just dependent on the team giving him the contract that he feels that he deserves. Now, we're playing hypothetical, all right? What would it take, do you think, would acquire Howard? And are, what are our thoughts overall on the trade? You know, keep in mind, you know, we don't want to play fantasy land and say, oh, Yes, I would like him on the team. Obviously, you'd like a guy like Howard on the team, Obviously. right? But he got a, you know, we are in the real world. We're not playing Halo right now. Oh, you know, God, I wish I was, though, huh? Halo Infinite comes out, and the multiplayer is free. Um, but regardless of that, uh, 
you know, what, what, what do you think would have to be given up for a guy like that? And then on top of that, you got to pay him money that he feels he deserves when you're dealing with a Jamal Adams extension incoming, Dwayne Brown wants more money. So does, does a deal like that make sense? You know, despite the fact that obviously it would be nice to have another corner. Uh, Omar, you went first last time, so I'll go, I'll take this one first. Uh, you got to imagine that, I mean, as much as it is something that I'm sure the Seahawks have looked at, I'm sure they've mulled over. It doesn't necessarily to me make sense to go heavily after someone like this for the sole purpose of if, if Xavier Howard, I guess what I'm trying to say is why not go after Stefan Gilmore before why not go after mm. the other corner free agents and then all of a sudden turn around and go, well, you know what, Zamian Howard, we'll sell a bag for him. I don't think we will. I think we've I think we're gonna stand resolute in the defense that we have, for better or for worse. I actually have a good amount of faith for Witherspoon and for Trey uh, Flowers. Right, I, I guess. But like DJ Reed. Yeah, more so Dean Witherspoon. That 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 to me sounds like a starting corner core that I can that I can deal with. Xavier so Howard, as much as that is a juicy steak right there on the window, I think we ought to be smart about what we go after because I don't know. We we don't we don't want to overextend our money. We don't want to overextend our contracts. It, it can go bad quick. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with Bennett on that one. It just seems like, yeah, obviously it would be nice, like you said, to have someone like that on our team. I just don't see that really working out for us financially in the long run. And I definitely think there's other people that we could – like there's a lot of like there's a lot of good uh, DBs in this free agency right here that we could definitely also pursue. So I just feel like – you know, and he's about he, – the reason why he's having issues with the Dolphins is because of money. He wants more money, and I don't yeah, think we're going to be able to be that team who can really – feed him that money and yeah. i don't think i hate the prospect of going after an older cornerback and i i don't i mean like i'm just saying any older quarterback cornerback in the free agency i don't mind that because while they may not make a huge impact on the field it is it, a lot about that off-field uh, mentorship you know, and it's great that we have a guy like Deshaun Shedd coaching the DBs because he's been in the system, particularly the Seahawks system, and he's been in the NFL and he's a vet, and he can kind of teach these guys how to kind of progress as players. But having somebody that'll actually get out, do the workouts, do the drills, uh, I think that'd be really valuable for the Seahawks right now. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if I look into that later on. It's interesting. To look at the uh, the free agency market right now um, in terms of cornerbacks, because Josh Norman's unsigned. Obviously, our exactly. friend Richard Sherman, who I hope is doing well right now. Well, he went. He remains, went. He went fine. He went on a hike with Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse. They looked so happy. That bro. looked good. That was fun. Uh, but I'm saying Richard Sherman's a free agent. Josh Norman's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Verrett's a free agent. It's very, uh, it's an interesting list of names that if I told you like three years ago that Josh Norman and Richard Sherman were free agents, it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, no, it, it obviously, you know, people have always, whenever the, the Seahawks name gets thrown into a potential trade 
like that. It's like, oh, well, sometimes they do the goofy trades. I'm like, yes. But also, again, where are you going to shovel the money out of? Like, is Russell going to say, hey, so let's take all this money from this year and just take it out. So I don't, uh, I'm going to put the doubtful stamp on that, like high doubt. But I mean, I won't ultimately be like flabbergasted if that ends up happening just because Jimmy Graham, Percy Harvin, Jamal Adams. So, you know, um, that was one. one, I mean, in the days before my time on this podcast, I think I talked with Chuck about it. I was like, I think this would be maybe not in the best interest, but it wouldn't be terrible. (laughs) And then Chuck was like, I don't think it's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, probably not. It'd be a dumb move anyways. It'd be a really expensive move. I was in the car and I got breaking news. I said, oh, damn, look at that. (laughs) And then now we have a guy who wears number 33, who's not named Henry. I remember remember the first time seeing the Jamal Adams edits in like the Seahawks jersey. And it just (laughs) felt joy. I was like, ah. Just feels right. Right. Just feels oh, right. bro, I was nervous till he had that first press conference. I mean, once he had that first press conference, I was kind of like, all right, this is a guy who can run with the Seahawks for sure. But like, ooh, before then, I was like, ooh, do I really want like this kind of diva-ish quarter, uh, pardon me, safety to be on our team? But that's a whole question for another podcast because I freaking hate when people call sports players divas nowadays. Next week, no, I'm kidding. Um, speaking of old cornerback, old quarterbacks, like Bennett was talking about, uh, the team signed quarterback Sean Mannion. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild, huh? Big free agent signing. That'll be the title of the episode. Um, so the team, in a corresponding move to signing Mannion, uh, released backup Danny Etling, uh, who I think got picked up on waivers by Minnesota. Yes. Um, so the team currently has two backups in camp. Uh, Gino Smith and Russell, uh, I mean, Sean Mannion. Uh, it's only a one year deal, so I, it, more than likely, all this means is just competition for the Russell man. I mean, yeah, for the Russell man's backup. I probably wouldn't doubt it. The Gino Smith is the backup guy again. Uh, but you know, I don't know. It's, it, and, I really don't care, put too much stake into who Russell's backup is. Well, and also at the end of the day, there is a highly. Hiking- uncontrollable variable out right now um so not a huge hugely bad move to get somebody who can actually play as your backup just because at any given moment even though russell's vaccinated it could still be a thing so you never want to end up in a broncos situation where you got or a vikings right now or the vikings right now but broncos more so just because it happened during the actual season yeah, I mean, the Broncos have, like, could happen to any team where it's like you get one quarterback, you get them all, and then it's like there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> yeah, you got DK Metcalf out there throwing long balls. Now I want to see if he can do that. Let's now, make it happen. Really, no, I'm just kidding. You need a backup quarterback in a totally different position group now. Like, think about that. Who's your who's who would the emergency guy be? I wonder. Well, it used to be Jermaine Curse. Well, now he's not. <laughs> but I mean, he's who not- do we who do we run Wildcat with? We don't really. Oh, uh, Chris. I don't know how far Chris can throw the football. No disrespect to Chris, of course, but Chris, who we are just referring to by his first name now. Oh yeah, Chris <laughs> and I are friends. You know we. Yeah, nah, bro. Okay, stay. The other day, it's okay. Yeah, that's how I. You know. 
I got him his extension action. I'm just kidding. Um, so that'll be interesting to know. Also, uh, in schedule related news, this has been a big thing that I joked with the guys about prior to starting recording here. Uh, Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz is out five to 12 weeks with foot surgery. Now, Bennett, when he heard this, was very mean and rejoiced. He said, I'm right about Carson Wentz. He's very excited. Uh, he Bro, the just on. hates gingers, and I don't know why. Yep, not, I'm not sure. Like, you know, Ron Weasley doesn't like him. Uh, so reportedly what it was was there was an old foot injury that they did back to high school. Wow. Uh, boy, boy. Yeah. He had a foot injury where a, bo- a, f- a bone in the foot broke. It came loose and was causing him pain. Uh, so surgery will take place to clean it up. How that didn't get noticed in Philadelphia, I don't know. Um, obviously, that possibility to – well, there's more than likely he's going to miss the matchup with the Seahawks unless something happens, you know. Um, so Seattle could potentially see former University of Washington quarterback Jacob Eason in week one if the team decides to not trade for a quarterback. But I feel like um, – what I've seen is people are really like undermining the Colts now. And I get it. You know, not having a quarterback is a big issue, but I still don't think this is going to be like a rollover game. You know, Colts mm-hmm. had a solid defense last year. They've got a good old line. I can't tell you too much about their weapons. Cause in reality, I mean, Micah Pittman's not scaring me. I'm just saying, bro, you can't win a football game without weapons. You just can't. And I'm, I'm, but I'm saying though is it won't be like a blowout. Jonathan Taylor? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Really... I mean, yeah, but when you become yeah, one-dimensional, all right, we had one of the best running defenses, and we only got better. Well, I'm saying is my my point more yeah. so is that you can't get one-dimensional. Like if you have Jonathan Taylor, that's great. But when you know that it's Jacob Beeson back there and Jamal Adams, you know, slaps him in the mouth, then it's like, yeah, well, okay, now I got to run the ball. To us though before we got hurt and then do you remember what dalvin cook's backup did to us uh got stopped on fourth and one we still won but the dude (laughs) put up like 200 yards well yeah i'm just hoping that you know if if we make the colts one dimensional that we are able to take advantage of that but obviously we know that the seahawks tend to play down to the level of their opponent that is a thing that happens and it's very annoying that happens i don't know though bro i saw that russell wilson his new 2021 headshot scary that yeah that scary. was a little unnerving that man's a killer <laughs> the the family friendly Ooh. russell gone gone okay. we're no longer friends only mean russell now uh, he's out here with a vengeance vengeance so we'll see yep. about that um in league related news speaking of minnesota from the last headline prior to the jacob Eason one um minnesota wants to host the nfl combine the vikings submitted their bid to host the nfl combine on monday and it could happen as soon as 2023 again i I don't think that's that big a news but (laughs) because it's it's minnesota yeah to be fair what's the last thing minnesota did since prince randy moss yeah but he wasn't from there (laughs) to be yeah that's fair uh i don't remember when the timberwolves were good kg i think it was the head kg perhaps uh so yeah Lil Yachty, is Lil Yachty from there or did he just make a song about it Lil Yachty's from Atlanta. oh so he just made a song about it. He made a song about it um the nflpa president ripped teams forcing unvaccinated personnel to wear wristbands 
saying the league wants policy to try and shame players. Um, and then not to be confused with Richard Sherman, uh, former fullback Anthony Sherman. Anthony Sherman. Sorry. Oh, man, put the E up. But uh, dude pisses me off. What? He related to... He related these wristband protocols to segregation. Yeah. So, huh. you know, um, I'm just going to say this. I don't care. No, not that. I don't like starting off like that. I think it's ridiculously horseshit to wow. even mention segregation <laughs> and this unvaccinated shit in the same fucking breath. All right. This is not about politics. The Republican side has even said they get vaccines and wear masks. All right. This isn't a bipartisan thing. This is about looking at the statistics and seeing how many vaccine related people who have been vaccinated are getting COVID and are actually dying. That number is very tiny. And we're looking at the COVID cases that are actually happening in large numbers and we're seeing it's unvaccinated. It's, it's, you know, you know, and at least in our organization, at least the team that we're covering on this show is only it, there's one person in the building who's not vaccinated. Hmm. So we don't have to worry about that, really. It's one dude wearing a wristband if they're doing that. You know, I just see that's something, too. I wonder who it is, but we're not going to get into that. I, I just think it's, it's ridiculous that these comparisons to segregation have come up, especially when it's a white guy talking about segregation. Yeah, that's Please shut the fuck up. part about it, isn't it? So if anyone has something to say about it, either you two, please go ahead. But I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, and the NFLPA president who ripped teams for forcing unvaccinated personnel to wear uh, wristbands, J.C. Treader, you can shut the fuck up. Because, you know, trying to shame people, come on, man. Come on. Just put the damn... All of us to, what, like go go to school and go to college... Didn't we have to be, you know, immunized? Was that yeah. not a thing? Measles. So that's a vaccine. Yeah. It's the same thing. Also, <sighs> I mean, within the NFL, you have to have those certain vaccines. Right? <laughs> like you have to have like oh the my god, they're so stupid. In the NFL, it's just like I don't know. To me, it is. Um, that's that's my piece. That's no all one's no one's trying to get shamed. You're not trying to shame anybody. It's a matter of safety. It's just like, I don't know, if somebody – Patrick Mahomes has to wear the stupid yellow jersey so he doesn't get hurt. Oh, well, all quarterbacks do. Well, yeah, I'm just saying that because – Or different color jersey. Anthony not... Sherman exists. He's an idiot. Uh, is that segregation? Is that discrimination? You absolute dumbass. No, it's a special reservation made for the quarterback so he doesn't get dunked on in the first week of practice. <laughs> I'd hope you'd know not to touch the quarterback, but well, he's a fucking fullback. The only thing he does is block, and if he gets lucky, he gets a touch ball. Like, I don't think. Oh, I could be wrong. Let me. He look. scored a couple touchdowns, but like oh, he doesn't play anymore though. Yeah, um, he's an asshole. Everyone who says that type of shit's an asshole. I can understand. And listen, I'll say this maybe the last time ever. Hopefully, I can understand vaccine hesitancy to an extent. It's scary because this entire year has been scary. The entire COVID situation has been very scary. And, you know, like, we've had more questions than answers. But this is one of the few things where we have a lot of answers 
available for the general public. And sometimes the general public decides that they don't like the answers you give them. And then they find their own on Reddit or Facebook. Facebook will tell me what to do. That's my take, I guess. Omari, words? Anything? Hello? Yeah. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I was trying to collect some thoughts and I just totally spaced out for a second. Uh, no, it's just all so stupid to me. Like, I'm really trying to think about it, and I'm still stuck on the part of a white man trying to bring that up. Yeah. Like, I just can't get past that. I can't get past that. I Yeah, so whenever I see like a white man, you know, saying that. Yeah, it's... it just seems weird. Like, I, I don't know where your audacity came from for those, like, <laughs> to even leave your mouth, to even speak on such a matter. And even then, just to be so ignorant about the subject, too. I like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't. <laughs> There'd be some stupid people in the NFL. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, there are some good, some guys in the NFL who have accomplished good things in academic, academic fields, like uh, Lorraine, Laurent Duvernay Tardif is an accomplished doctor and took the last season to go and help frontline workers, you know, good for that guy. And then there's guys like Anthony Sherman and Cole Beasley. Don't be like them, please. No, there's this one dude on the Redskins. I sent Bennett this. And basically he's just saying like, fuck Ron Rivera and him having like cancer and shit. Oh, no. God, dude, that pissed me off. Not the Redskins, my bad. Washington football team. Well, he's not even in the league anymore. That was a, that's okay, Amari. You, You corrected yourself. But who the fuck even was that? TJ know. Ward. Yeah, TJ Ward. To be Ward. fair, he went to Oregon, so he's not the brightest. Aha, just, sorry. Ooh. Oregon thing. Okay, but uh, Oregon yeah, definitely that... is Justin Herbert, like one of the smartest. Who will, like, did he have like an honor roll or something? Yeah, he's a chemistry major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to okay, be fair, not the point there though. are NFL guys who though. went to Harvard. Uh, oh, wait, Ryan Fitzpatrick went yeah, to I was Harvard. say, Fitzmagic went to Harvard. Yeah, um... Yeah, no, I did see that. Teacher Ward basically said that it's your own fault if you get cancer. And yeah, like, he was wow, like, that is stupid. Don't make everyone else pay for your stupid ass life decision. Today, no. Like what? What? Where is? Bro, where did you come up with this? I'm just saying. Like, you really wrote is... the tweet, looked at it, and then hit Press. send. Bro, it's just like. I don't know. It really just shows you people's consideration for like other human beings when you're put like when you see people put in situations like we're in now. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Um. It's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Some of that stuff, man. You know, it's it's uh, that's just ridiculous. Um. So yeah, that's that's our take on it. Um, and then related also to that. Uh, the NFL is allowing some unvaccinated players to unmask at outdoor practices. So that's your week in Seahawks and the NFL. Um, the next big thing for you to note to the Seahawks, I haven't had to say this in a long time now, folks. The next game, and it's not next week. Normally I do things a week ahead, right? But just to, to tingle the brain a little bit, the Seahawks will play August 14th against the Raiders for the preseason. So that's that's to keep you busy. 
uh, to think about. Um, speaking about keeping you busy, the Seattle Mariners in their last week, obviously still in the pre- uh, regular season here, uh, took on a slate of the Astros for two games in our recap this week, uh, as well as the Rangers in four. Uh, wait, no, three. I can count. And the Rays in one. So let's get through it. Uh, July 27th, on the heels of that big July 26th game, uh, they would lose the next night versus the Astros, 8-6. to six. Uh, Played the game. I had center fielder Jared Kelnick, two hits, two RBIs, and a run in that game. Jared has been playing a lot better uh, at bat simply because he made the adjustment of not crouching in his at-bats and standing up straight. Is that the straight. game I went to? Wait, is that the game I went to? Yes. Yes. Okay. Got, yeah, I was there. Baseball game. I went to a baseball game. I went to a baseball game. Yep. Omari went to a baseball game. Everybody. Isn't agreed. it funny in baseball how that like tiny adjustment? Well, yeah, it's funny to to, to hear that because he was like, "Yeah, when I was crouching, I couldn't see the ball as well, and then I stood up straight and I could see it better." And I was like, "Huh, huh, bro, you're in, you're professional." See, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Omari, he's a professional. He's our age. Oh, it, to be fair, it's like, bro, it's like, oh, yeah, I couldn't see the board when I was squinting, but when I opened my eyes, bro, <laughs> math hella easy. That's, that's kind of how it felt like. That's literally what he said. Like, <laughs> when, I, when I squinted my eyes, it was kind of hard to see. Then I opened them and I could see clearly now that the rain was gone. So, you know, um, <laughs> I and to be to be fair, it's not bullshit either. He's playing a lot better. He has walks. He has not struck out since then. Yeah. He has not struck out. So very good for Jared. Um, July twenty eighth though versus the Astros, the team would lose eleven to four. Sad face. Ouch. Uh, player of the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager and his bald head with one hit, one run, one RBI, and one walk, filling up the stat sheet there, Kyle. Uh, July thirtieth in the first of three against the Texas Rangers in Texas, uh, the team would win nine to five in an offensive. Offensive explosion led by center fielder Jared Kelnick with two hits, two runs, and four RBIs. Those RBIs came on a oh, was it a grand slam? I'm pretty sure it was a grand slam. Um, July 31st is the first of two games. Oh, frustrating games that yeah. the Mariners lost on walk off home runs from the same rookie. He's a rookie. This loser. Uh, in July 31st game, the Mariners would lose five to four in ten innings. Uh, player of the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager with two hits, one run, and two RBIs. The Mariners would lose on a two-run homer. Um, this was in both of these games that they lost against the Rangers on walk-offs. They left way too many guys on base. Way too many. Yeah. So. Obviously, giving up the walk-offs isn't great, but you could have put yourself in better position, you know. Um, August first at the Rangers, surprise, as I've already been mentioning it, they lost three to four. A player of the game would be young second baseman Abraham Toro with three hits in one run. Um, August second at the Tampa Bay Rays in the first of a, I believe it's a four-game set here. Uh, don't let me lie to you. I will be. I will correct that. I believe New York is a four-game stretch. Yes, this is a three-game stretch for the Rays. All right. Uh, in the first of three, the Mariners would win 8-2. to two. Player of the game would be first baseman Ty France with three hits, two runs, and three RBIs. Yeah, we love French people around here, folks. We really do. Oui, oui. Viva la France. 
Frenchie um, from the boys? No. Liked him. Stop. Okay. <laughs> uh, player of the week. I This week, I take Abraham Toro. Um, oh, goodness. In five gracious. games. In all five right. games, right? Small sample size. All right, all right. I could have gone otherwise, but I, you know, like Bennett usually does, I wanted to go with sort of a, a unique pick almost. Um, in five games and 18 at bats, he has nine hits, five runs, three doubles, two homers. He had two homers in his first two games as a Mariner. Pretty good. Four RBIs, 18 total bases, one walk, one stolen base, a 500 average, a 526 OBP. A 1.000 slugging percentage and a 1.526 OPS. So we'll get into that trade in a minute. All right. <laughs> we still have team news to get through and different theme things to get through. And I'll say my piece on that. But Mr. Toro has has played pretty well and he's only 24. He's 24. Yeah, we do so, have a team. Um Bennett. Player of the game, yes. I had to say... Uh, Your name's not Bennett. That's crazy. Oh, that I guess we're changing up. Omari's next. Uh, who's the pitcher for that one game I went to? Flexing? Yeah, disappointment. Not my player of the game. I don't have a player of the game. I said player of the week. Hey, yeah, I know. Uh, I only saw a game. Also, you could also look at this start that he just had. Did he play good? He didn't no. give up a hit. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know. I really enjoy baseball, though. I really enjoy baseball. That's new. when we're winning. We were not winning when I went yeah. to the game. <laughs> you should see the text streams Omari sent us. He sent, baseball's not fun to watch. Hold on, we can win this. Baseball's kind of fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Sudden change. Sudden change. Hey, no, nah, it's just you're kind of on the edge the whole time. You're like, mm, we can come back at any second. That's the beauty of baseball. Baseball. Like, if you think about it, bro, fourth, fourth quarter of a basketball game, four minutes left, you're down 20. Last minute of a basketball game, you're down 20. You're not coming back. You're not coming back. Ninth inning, man. I you're... super lied, by the way. Flexen gave up a couple of hits, but it doesn't matter. No, yeah, I know. I just checked, too. I didn't want to call you out, though. <laughs> Hold him responsible. Whatever. He didn't give up any home runs, I don't think, so that's good. Uh, he did. <laughs> did he? He gave up a solo to oh, Rosarena, but solo. Oh, well, Rosarena's a fucking power hitter. Who gives a shit? Solos won't kill you, either. So. Yeah. Bennett, you still have to make your choice. Oh, well, my one's going to be Toro. That's why I was like, oh, I didn't know you were going to choose it. <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> um, so I'll go with the actual statistically sound pick. I'll go with uh, our good old vet, Kyle Seeger. He had a really weirdly good week. I mean, that's not to say he's not a good player. It's just like he had a good week. And um, against some pretty tough opponents. I mean, the Astros are no slumps, obviously. Uh, and the Rangers just seem to have our number right now. So, um, uh, yeah, for Kyle to have a pretty decent series against both of them, pretty pretty nice to see for the vet, uh, veteran third baseman there. I'd like to see him maintain such consistency for the first time in his career and maybe bat over 250, pretty please. Um, but I realize... Oh, yeah. I, I realize at the game, like on paper, our team's kind of like not good. Like, no, our team's dookie on paper. Hey, that's the <laughs> oh, magic of the Mariners this year. To it's be fair, they are young. No, but I'm just saying, like, I was looking at, like, bro, like, I was looking at the Astros and, like, everybody on their team was batting over, like, 250. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they had like three guys and like three hundred. And I'm sitting there. Yeah, like, that's the magic of the Mariners. I was like, bro, we're really well. That's the thing with Houston is they went through the rebuild that we're trying to go through. Yeah, and they've set themselves they up for that and position. Oh yes, but before that, they had to set themselves up for a rebuild. Hey, now I love the fact that whenever they hit a home run, they threw the ball back on the field. I like that. that was uh, oh, did that we do cool. that? That's fucking great. That's yeah, cool. no. Whenever they hit a home run, they threw the ball back on the field. Hey, wait a minute. Kyle Seager had thirty home runs in two thousand sixteen. Yeah, but he hasn't hit over 250 forever. Uh oh, you're right. Well, 2016 was the last year. Yeah. To be so. fair, last year he had a 244 average. I got close. He's edging mm, still not 250. Bit, but I, I just hey, I gotta say, Kyle I will Seager, not accept any Kyle Seager slander. I'm not slandering him. I'm just saying this year he's looking mighty good. You know, us bald people gotta stick together. And right? listen, hey, he's the best Seager in baseball right now. Hands down. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is somebody uh, – I read a good Twitter thread on the potential of signing his brother. And it won't happen. It him won't. coming off injury and him moving to second, a lot of it makes sense to not have. So I was like, yeah, that, that'd be fine if we didn't. I if, if it happened, rad. Don't think it will. But – cool hey you know if abe keeps playing well we don't have to worry about it exactly i mean hey abraham toro well and we'll get to it we'll get to it but if he still if he keeps playing like he does then i don't know the second base problem might be solved uh with a little more expedited shipping than we thought (laughs) so uh the team's current record is five five 57 and 57 games above 500. They are currently, let me make sure on the wild card here. If we go so over like to three games the, behind or like four or five, something like that. I think we're four. Four, yeah. We are three games it. out of the wild card. Mm. Um, we're tied with New York, and that could change in the four game slate that's coming up. Would now let's, let's, with... let's, let's pour some water on this real quick. Uh, the baseball stats reference has us at three percent making it to the postseason hey okay never tell me the odds all right yeah you're right but uh, never tell me the odds baseball might be the most number driven sport ever uh so all i know ball go far all right you know what two out so what um they currently sit third in the al west three games behind (laughs) oakland um and then as we get into team notes here july 27th the team announced the new president of business operations katie griggs griggs Woo! in her statement uh said that i will bring championship mentality to everything the franchise does by focusing on the fans and giving back in meaningful ways so griggs is taking over uh where a guy who made stupid comments and racist comments to the bellevue breakfast board um what a fucking sentence that was his job. All right. Um, Griggs is coming over. She used to be, oh, hold on. It was, oh, here it goes. Um, she used to be chief business officer with Atlanta United FC, um, was SVP, a general manager of Future Sports Entertainment. She's a board member of Ulysses Rugby United. The big, the big thing is the Atlanta United FC. She was part of uh, Atlanta since 2017. Um, is a graduate of Dartmouth with a BA in government international relations. Wow. Very cool. Um, getting back to baseball, uh, right-handed pitcher on July 27th. We're still on July 27th. Right-handed pitcher Darren McKagan was optioned to AAA Tacoma. 
Benita Tolle was designated for assignment. The Mariners acquired left-handed pitcher Tyler Anderson from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for minor leaguers Carter Bins and right-handed pitcher Joaquin Tejada. Anderson was originally going to be traded to Philadelphia with the Phillies, but uh, physicals fell through in the deal, and that is how we acquired Mr. Anderson. Um, the trade that everybody... Wait, Anderson on the boat? What? Mr. Anderson, he's not on the boat? See, I knew he was going to make a joke about that. Don't no, interrupt me. No. Beloved, um, beloved health teacher, Mr. Anderson. God damn it. Um, the trade everybody's gotten their panties in a bunch about. Uh, the Mariners acquired third baseman Abraham Toro and right-handed pitcher Joe Smith in exchange for right-handed pitcher Kendall Graveman and right-handed pitcher Rafael Montero. Why Montero was in that deal, I don't know. Regardless. I don't fucking know. That was like uh, when you go, hey, I'll trade you this uh, Pikachu for that Charizard card, I guess. And then you're like, ooh, but this like Sand Slash is taking up a little room in my binder. Do you want that too? And they're like, I, I guess. Sounds about right. Someone out there will get the only that. Re- uh, the, the reason, well, and then um, people complained about the timing of the, the the trade, but I guess the only reason the trade was made that day was because Montero had to be traded that day. Otherwise, he would have cleared waivers. Um, I'm going to get through what I've got here and then give my opinions on it. Uh, Mariners players reacted on this trade. Several players opted not to speak on the record about the trade. Uh, some broke equipment, and one player was absolutely mad. Uh, betrayed was a word that was thrown around a lot. Uh, the same player stated, are you fucking kidding me? It never changes. They don't care about winning. How you trade him and say you care about winning? Obviously talking about Rafael Montero. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and you trade That's him gross. to Houston. It never changes. Many people call this trade terrible. There was a lot of criticism about it. Uh, Mike Axisa of CBS Sports stated that it was unbelievable. You have to do better than this. Uh, he was quoting Jerry DePoto when he said, we tried. Uh, and he stated that it's not good enough. Uh, John Heyman on MLB Network reportedly claimed, repeatedly claimed actually that the Mariners were losers at the deadline. ESPN graded this trade as a D plus. So this this is this is my my shtick. All right, Graveman was cool and all. Bear in mind he only performed this year. He's a free agent at the end of the year. The guy's thirty. The Undertaker music on the entrance was cool. Pretty yes. cool. Did not have his club control after this year. Was more than likely going to ask for more money because of the fact that he has performed this year. You traded for a guy in Abraham Toro who's 24, can hit the ball and, you know, satisfies a need at second base. Joe Smith, you know, you get another reliever in there, which is never a bad thing necessarily. You get rid of Rafael Montero. I don't think it's a bad deal. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad deal. I don't. I, I didn't. I didn't have a boner for Kendall Graveman. No. I, I, I. He's cool. He was cool, but I never got too excited about him. And then everybody goes, "You traded your ace reliever. You traded your best reliever. He wasn't even the best reliever." Paul Sewald has been miles better, and his name's Paul. It's not you know Graveman. Oh, it's so cool. If we if we take a look at the numbers here between Kendall Graveman and Paul Sewald, and in I mean, this might be. Di- Bennett has Seawald pitched since then. No, 
No. Okay. So <laughs> this is this is accurate still. Yeah. So in the in the games they've played, Graveman's played in thirty. Seawald played in thirty one. Graveman's pitched in thirty three innings. Seawald has pitched in thirty one point one. FIP, which uh, if we look at baseball statistics, baseball FIP, um, fielding independent pitching. Similar to ERA, uh, based solely on the events of the pitcher, has the most control over things like strikeouts, unintentional walks, hit by pitches, you know, things that are more controllable. Graveman has a 2.88. Seawald has a 1.69. The lower number is better. Um, Expected ERA for Graveman, 3.45. For Seawald, it's 2.46. Hard hit percentage, 39.5 for Graveman, 32.8 for Paul Seawald. K percentage, 28.1% for Graveman, 42.5 for Seawald. Walk percentage, 6.6 for Graveman, 9.4 for Seawald. Not, you know. War, 0.8 for Graveman, 1.2 for Seawald. Seawald has been the better reliever. I don't get where all this idea of how he's the ace reliever. I don't get that. Okay. And then there was criticism about Diego Castillo, who we have to get to still because I haven't gotten to that trade. Castillo has been Castillo has been a consistent reliever. He has postseason experience. He's under club control for three more years. Very good trade. So that trade was a win. I I I, I it people go, oh, why did you trade? your you know your future i'm like dude this guy's 30 and he's not under contract after this year um i'm very it it, it pisses me off as you can tell right um god uh it just it doesn't make sense some of these it's it's a lot of these fans are very short-sighted and they demand uh, do you want me to make you mad do you want me to make you mad okay I think it was a dog shit trade. <laughs> um, I'll explain why. I won't be completely reactionary. Yeah, Graveman's not a long-term player by any means. And uh neither is Montero. You guys know how low I was on Montero. I was oh, not I didn't I didn't give a shit about Montero. Yeah, Montero's nothing. Like, who cares? That was he, he got DFA'd, so who gives a shit? Yeah, it was basically yeah, it was basically like your comparison. Um do I love that we got rid of Graveman? Not really, because well, yeah, no, I having, wouldn't. Having I wasn't on tool. the train to say, "Hey, get rid of the guy." Having a tool belt as a, a on your bullpen, especially in a season where our bullpen has pretty much been what we hang our hat on most of the time, uh, is really important. If anything, the last series against the Rangers should show us just how crucial it is to have lights out guys all across the board. Now, were they particularly lights out? Actually, they were. They gave up walk-off wins because the offense could not get their shit together. Too many left on base. Too many too many stranded base runners in scoring position, mind you. Too many stupid bonehead mistakes looking at JP. Sorry, dog, but it's just how it is. Like it, it happens. I get it. We get you can you can get a slump like this. Graveman is just he's harm reduction. You know what I mean? Like he is the guy you send in where you need it. He's in a pinch. You know he can get through that. He's a vet. He's got some veteran moxie along with. Is he a long term guy? Not at fucking all. If this trade happens, 
If this trade happens in the offseason, it's an awesome trade, right? Uh, not the offseason. I, I mean, yeah, trade deadlines, and we don't really have control of them. But if we had control of them and we could do it past the deadline, awesome trade, obviously. But the fact that it happened right now, I can I can see why people are so blamingly angry at it. I'm particularly not super happy with it. I, I don't enjoy the people we got from the trade. Has Toro been a, like a really pleasant surprise? Yeah. On paper, should he even be doing remotely close to how good he's doing? No. And it's not sustainable either. I think people are uh, tricking themselves if they think he's actually the answer to second base. He might be, probably not. But long-term, good trade move, maybe. Short-term, keeping Graveman seems like a more sustainable option. I, I understand wanting to off your debts with Montero. Fine. But, I mean, Graveman, sunk costs, you're, you're, you're not really doing anything for yourself. You're unloading a veteran pitcher that you were going to unload anyways. Cool. But he was still a proponent of this team that obviously mattered a lot within the uh, bullpen and within the clubhouse, and I think that matters. So, you know, you, you can't... I don't know. Personally, I don't think you can get too mad at the fans for being mad. More, more so what pisses me off is the acting people that expect, you know, how I feel about what we're doing with the club right now and what my timeline is for the postseason, right? Sorry. We've talked about this 2022. That's it. People see seven games above 500 and I get it. we're excited. It's exciting. This ball club fights. This ball club stays in games. I'll, this ball yeah. club is surprising. And I and get I'll that. I'll admit as well. I think people are tricking themselves if they think we're contenders. I, yes, I, yes, no. It's 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 it's, uh, and, and I'm not. I don't get on the run differential. I don't really get on that train just because we did have some tough losses in the beginning. Yeah. I don't really care. Um, it's it's more so that there's like now you're giving the expectation out there that, hey, you're gonna be ready this year, right? And it's like telling that to a guy who, is like getting just warmed up, and it doesn't make sense. And it's very frustrating because it's like, I'll say I can't trust Depoto with my full insurance because if he doesn't, like, I think if anything, this was an ugly blacklight on how the club culture is. You know, like if that is true, if Depoto does not interact with his players, yeah, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good sign, and it does cause me some anxiety. And you know, I think this is kind of a good trade. This is kind of a dog is because the players the immediate reaction from the players is really disheartening and with any sport baseball included you do kind of have to think about how the clubhouse or your locker room or what have you oh yeah you trade away something like bobby wagner halfway through a season okay that's that's i I know i know but that's a tough sell for me clubhouse presence I, I would hope that those guys aren't the same clubhouse presence. Maybe like Ricardo Lockett. I think that's a fair if they, if, oh, I'm thinking about that now. That'd be so funny. You guys it'd, traded Ricardo. It'd be kind How of fucked you? up. It'd be kind of fucked up because like everybody loves him. 
I get it. There's I no know. real reason to trade him. And I'm, I'm not putting chemistry out the window at all because I know that's something I talk about with the offensive line. You know, you need that chemistry with those guys. You, I mean, you can't put – There's, it, it's hard to put a lot of guys in plug-and-play, right, because you need to have that chemistry. You need to be able to trust the guy next to you in that offensive right. line, you know, to, to, to do what the offensive line does. And if you just do that and you've got a guy like Jordan Simmons coming in every other week because Mikey Potty decides he has to take a potty and he doesn't want to stay in the fucking game, it's not going to work very well and they're not going to have that chemistry. So I'm not not being a disproponent of chemistry. Just it's it's a lot of the, the reaction I've seen and the death march. And by no means am I fully depending defending Depoto. I'm not I'm not like he's not my deity, but I I don't know. I just didn't have that much attachment with Graveman. And I like what we've got in Toro considering he's 24 and he's been in that second, but he made a good play today. And no, I think it was yesterday. He made a good defensive play. Um, I just, I understand it. I get taking a guy like that with the importance that he has out of the clubhouse. I know that's not a good thing. And like you were saying, if he really doesn't speak to the guys, that's that's not good um but what's interesting to think about is there's only like three guys who have been around long enough to to, to even experience another to make manager. those comments right i so, mean it's it if you read the verbiage it's pretty obvious that it was like Tyler, the one who was like I've seen a lot of guys go in and out of this clubhouse. Yeah, so I mean, it's probably hurt the most. That was obviously like fucking Kyle, like. And and again, I'm not saying Kendall's a bad guy. Do I like his stances? His his stances. His wife's stance on the vaccine. No, but you know, I'm not. I don't want what to this to get lost in all my anger that I didn't like Kendall Graveman. That's not true. This guy showed that obviously that. Seattle and the ball club meant a lot to him. You know, when you're crying in the press conference in your new team colors, you know, in that other locker room, it says something to me about how you felt about this ball club. And obviously those guys reciprocated that sort of response, you know? So no, I'm not happy about that necessarily. I felt that it was ill-timed. Obviously I know why it happened now at that time, but I'm not, there are people who, are burning the Mariners bridge. They're like, I'm right. This is it. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of fans who say that bullshit. They say, I'm not a fan. They say this, and then they wear the merch and they buy the tickets and they watch on TV. I just, I, I not to fully compare it to a certain fan base that all oh, a part of us are three of um, three of <laughs> us were a part of, Yeah, I get but it. you know, it's, it's, it's like, a lot of these people are going to die on the hill that everything needs to be geared towards making the postseason right now. And that's not going to like it. When we get close this year, like we did in the 16 and the 17 in those years, you know what I mean? And we don't make it. I'm going to hear the same bullshit yeah, again. It's going to cause a pretty big ruckus. I I'm waiting for it. I know we're only we're going to end and up. And when we make it next out. year, I'm going to go buy a fucking lottery ticket. All right. I work we need room. to we should like stamp this show in my calendar and remember this. I will also say that I understand the frustrations of like OGs who are watching from like fucking 1976. I get it. 
<sighs> that is frustrating. We haven't had a good team for 20 years. <laughs> like that is well, then there are people who understand what it's a real it's a real through all my frustrations today. I think that my 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 only plea for the people who've been watching for the last 45 years. Has it really been 45 years? Just oh just shit. <laughs> is just hold on. Because there is good shit to come. Soon. And I know that is tough to say. It is tough. It but, is really tough. But look at the Seahawks. Like we we really didn't get our shot. Yeah. Up yeah. until now. And like we are at that crux. We are the 2012 Seahawks right now. Well, what's even also frustrating is with the Seahawks is that they made that Super Bowl in 05 and they got cheated out of it. So what if, you know, what if the Mariners went to a uh, I almost said Super Bowl, to a World Series and they got screwed out of it? <laughs> that wouldn't be fun either. So yeah, it is a good point to make, you know. Storm don't have that problem. They've won four titles. And like again, we're right there. We are the 2012 Seahawks right now. We got young studs. They're not quite there yet, but just wait till they come back next season. And quite honestly, the rest of the league understands it. They know. Like the guys in the league, they get that we're a team to look out for. I mean, it's just we're not there quite yet. <laughs> and it's it's it'll be really prophetic if so kind of similar to, to with the uh, 2012 CX team that this offseason you signed some big contributor guy, contrib- guys who contribute. I don't know why I stumbled over that word. Guys who contribute in free agency, which you kind of need to do. You need to go. You need to knock on John Stanton's door and go, hey, hey, buddy. Break open the wallet. All right, let's go. Um, God, if you look at the Dodgers payroll this year. <laughs> shit. Um but yeah, my frustration has just always been with the guys who are just really hard headed and just won't listen to reason. The same guys who claim they've been rebuilding all their life. Bennett, tell me in what world uh, a rebuilding team signs a Robinson Cano. Yeah, that wasn't a rebuild. That was a let's just see if we can win a World Series in one year. That's all it was. It, it would, the, those years from what, like 13 to 17 and 18? That was all patchwork. That was, I've got a leaky boat here, and instead of using Flex Seal, I'm going to just throw a Band-Aid on it. I'm not calling Nelson Cruz a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? But well, I kind of was, for real. I mean... Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying, is that you don't, if any anybody with any sense of logic looks at that, the Mariners' history, and tells me that they've been rebuilding for, you're just fucking stupid. Like we've made, I mean, obviously we've made attempts at it before, obviously, but it's not been one consistent rebuild. There no. have been moments where, like, we stop and go. Was two thousand one a rebuild, Bennett? Working? No. Okay. That was a culmination of a lot of things. Just checking. A lot of luck, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. Why I can, under- which is why I can understand some people are drawing some comparisons with this year to them. Uh, very different. Um. We're just not quite as lucky, but like, yeah, there's never been a rebuild like we're seeing because this rebuild is so much focused on our young players. To to an extent, there are guys who are still not in the majors yet. Yeah, think about Rodriguez. Even next year, think about Rodriguez. Think about some of our pitchers who are still coming down. Hancock, Kirby, Williamson. 
Like we we there are pieces. They're all in double A now, by the way. I mean, I mean, that's why it's exciting, right? Like there are pieces that are coming down the pipeline. It's just you gotta have some of this patience. And I think the reason, and that you know, to me, Chuck, I think some of the reason we're getting so antsy is because we're tasting how close we are, right? Yeah, like, and it, it's we got bit, Gilbert uh... up here. We got Kelnick up here. We got Rally up here, and they're all doing, I mean, relatively well. So like we're, that's we're the thing too with what you like said. It. Jared's twenty two, man. He's twenty two. Some not, guys, no. some guys don't figure out this MLB shit till they're twenty six. You know, I mean, not everyone's fucking Mike Trout. Not everyone's Aaron Judge. And the Are thing, you sure, Maris fans will tell you different. Jared Kelnick has a fucking good chance at being like one of those guys. So, like, just hold on to your horses, folks, because we we are, like, right there. You got me all fired up. All right. We talked about that for a while. Let's keep moving. Uh, July 29th, Tyler Anderson was added to the active roster after being traded here. Uh, Right-handed pitcher Ryan Weber was optioned to Triple A Tacoma. Right-handed pitcher Asher Wojciechowski was signed to a minor league contract. Uh, Right-handed pitcher Diego Castillo was acquired from the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for right-handed pitcher JT Chargua and infielder, uh, minor league infielder, Austin Shenton. That kind of sucked because I liked Austin. He threw me a ball at an Aqua Sox game. He's from <laughs> Bellingham. So that sucked, but, you know, I get it. Um, July 30th, Diego Castillo reported to the club. Uh, right-handed pitcher Wyatt Mills was recalled from AAA Tacoma. Right-handed pitcher Vinny Natoli was outrighted to AAA Tacoma. Outfielder Jake Hager was claimed off of waivers by Arizona. Uh, General manager Jerry DePoto was asked about the trade deadline recap, and he gave the following statement. Uh, This is a quote. I'm not going to read you the full statement. I feel like we made the team better in the present, and I feel like we made the team considerably better for the future. That's always been the line that we've been trying to to walk. The the big thing that um, DePoto mentioned with the trade deadline and people clamoring for more moves, and why didn't you make more moves? was that teams were asking for their top prospects and they didn't want to move from, well, they didn't want to move on from those guys. And I understand that. I you don't I mean, want to trade a guy. You know, the Mariners fans that bitch about trading an Adam Jones, trading a Jason Veritek, trading a David Ortiz. You'd be doing that. If you did that right now, you want to sacrifice your future for instant gratification. And I don't want to do that. Now, so, I will say, would I have liked a bigger bat to come out of this than Toro? Yes. But will, will I also s- add the addendum that Toro's a younger player and he can become a bigger bat later on? Sure. Well, that as well as some of the returns that some of these trades were getting for their bats. Mm-hmm. were a little redonkulous it, and we it, would have had to give asking up a lot there were there were a couple big moves particularly by the yankees i don't know how the fuck they did what they did i don't even want to think about it they turned force trade on they literally did it felt like um <laughs> which sucks because we're nipping at their heels and we get to play um, them after the race yeah, it's going to be an interesting series because, like, I was not worried about them before, and now I'm looking at their roster, and I'm like, what? how? That's not fair. <laughs> what? It's like when one of you are playing franchise on Madden, and one of your friends is like, oh, I can't play anymore. You guys, you just have my team. <laughs> you trade, like, all the superstars over, and then you're pulling up with, like, Odell Beckham, 
DK Metcalf. Hey, that's not fair. Um, but anyways, I just I I I think I get again. I'll play I'll play this guy. I get it. Kind of sucks we didn't get a huge bat. But would you be willing to give up Julio Rodriguez for a big bat for two years? Some idiot like Stevens probably would be like, yeah, I don't care about Julio. No, you 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 wouldn't want that. Julio's our guy. And he fucking loves being a Mariner. People love the instant gratification, Bennett. You know that. They yeah, you know, I love that, to It goes back to what you said about nipping at the heels and getting antsy. People feel it. They want it to happen this year. They want it to happen now. To have a guy like Boomstick on our team was so exciting. I get it. I miss Nelly. But, like, listen, guys like Nelly are super fucking expensive. So you can't always have them. It sucks. I feel like a dad. Hey, champ. It does sound like we can't have ice cream. We have ice cream at home. I know you wanted Nelson Cruz, but the Rays got him. And that sucks. You can have ice cubes at home. But we have Julio Rodriguez. And he's He's pretty cool, right? He's going to be so good soon. All right. All right, Dad Bennett. Get out of here. I get it. It sucks, but. Get out of here, Dad Bennett. We're going to be so much better for it. Okay. Um, okay. August 2nd, uh, Jake Fraley returned from his rehab assignment and was Ooh. reinstated from the IL. Marcus Wilson was claimed off of waivers from Boston and was then optioned to AAA in a responding move. Shed Long Jr. was placed on the 10-day IL. Get better, Shed. And Dylan Thomas was DFA'd. Uh, the upcoming schedule for your Seattle Mariners ball club. Features two more contests on the road against the Tampa Bay race on August 3rd and 4th in their shitty stadium in St. Petersburg, where they have 5,000 fans. They had 5,900 fans at their game today. Tampa Bay. To be fair, if it was an actual Tampa Bay, they probably would get more fans, but it's in like St. Petersburg, which is, I guess, like the equivalent of Tacoma to us, which is kind of weird, but you know. Uh, and then August 5th through 8th, the Seattle Mariners will take on the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium uh, for a four-game slate, which is very important considering that we're right behind the Yankees in the wildcard chase right now. And the Yankees just added uh, Anthony Rizzo, and he hit ball far. So we'll see about that. Hom Seattle. Hom's just released their summer collection. Um, there's a lot going on from hoodies to snapbacks to shorts to shirts. There's a lot going on with Homs right now. So if I were you, I would check these things out uh, before they sold out. It was at homseattle.com, H-O-M-S, Seattle, if you know how to spell Seattle. Good. If not, it's S-E-A-T-T-L-E. It's also in the title of our podcast. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Some people can't read Bennett. You know, you got to help them out. Uh, Homseattle.com. Summer collection just dropped yesterday, actually. Well, by the time this comes out, it will have been Sunday. So, you know what I mean? You dig. Uh, Seattle Sounders, not so good. Uh, July 31st versus the San Jose Earthquakes at home. The team would lose by a goal in a 0-1 to deficit. No player of the game. Big smiley face Ooh. turned upside down. Did they get the dunce cap? They get... Mm, I kind of feel bad for them. Just because they've got so many guys out. Yeah, fair. Um, and you'll 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 also there's another reason, but I have to get through injuries first. 
Uh, Nico Ladero is back training with the team. That's the good part. Your captain's back in training. That's good. Okay. Will Bruin return to play in the San Jose match? That's good. But then Josh Atencio played this match with a broken rib. Oh. Yeah. So I kind of feel bad for these guys. They're dealing with a lot of shit right now. Um, It's tough. It's tough when you're, you know, the team that's made the playoffs every single year of your existence and people are gunning for you and then a bunch of your guys get injured. Um, You're playing with teenagers. They had such a fiery hot start too. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, there's still nine wins, five draws, and three losses. They're number one in the West still. Um, I believe they're four points, four or three points above Kansas City. Uh, and they're second in MLS with points only behind New England, which is funny that the revolution are so good this year. Uh they're only they're four points behind New England for the supporter shield. Uh their next match is August 4th against Dallas. That will be big just for Western Conference, and obviously you like to bounce back after the two losses. Mm-hmm. Um but hoping, hoping for better for the the Sounders there. Um, it's been tough, but you know, it's always with the Sounders. It's always like they're a work in progress throughout the season. Like even 2016, they sucked at the midway point of the year. They were bad. People were calling, you know, for a new head coach. And then you win MLS Cup, and everything's fine. You know, 2019, same thing. Things kind of sucked in the season. It was bad. Grr, angry. And they win the MLS Cup, and it's all fine at home against Toronto. You know, so long seasons, you know, people tend to overreact about things. and That's sports, baby. Yep, that's sports. Right, Omari? Yes, it is. Uh, getting into our Seattle Storm here. We're getting close. They're almost back from the Olympics. I'm losing oh, my sanity. Heart. Um, uh-huh. Huh? Heart crushing though, huh? Oh wait, that's the soccer team. Never mind. You're you're get a little antsy. We're almost there, Bennett. Um, yeah, Olympic break. The Storm up. Big Three of Drew Lloyd, Sue Bird, and Brianna Stewart, and Team USA, of course, are three and zero in Olympic preliminaries. Um, and Ezzy Magbagor and Stephanie Talbot are one and two with Australia and the Opals. Um, the Opals are third in their group, and the US is. First in their group. So. Why does Australia name all their teams? I don't know. Because like the soccer teams called the Matildas. It's weird. Are you serious? Yeah. Matildas? Doing, I mean, they're doing really good, but like it's weird that they give themselves names. <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, and yeah, then, you know, that. what I've noticed with the uh, women's team for Australia in basketball, they have to wear like a unitard. Huh. That's their uniform. They don't get to That's wear a jersey. Cool. It's like a unitard. Like, if you look up Australia Women's Basketball Olympics. Oopsie, I spelled Olympics. That's not right. And then I go images. Oh, yeah, okay. It's not as bad as I thought it was. It's like a, it's a, onesie, it's a onesie jumpsuit. Yeah, it's it's unique. I have never seen something like that. You know, um, I bet that, well, I mean, that probably gives, like, so much range of movement, though. You're not wrong. Okay, Bennett, we're going to get you one. Um, your Seattle Storm still are 16 and 5, first in the West and first in the league. Um, in two weeks, I believe it's two weeks, right? Uh, yep. The Storm will play their first game back August 15th at the Chicago Sky. Oh, wait a minute. Um, the NBA Commissioner's Cup. I believe that is the first game back. Um, the Commissioner's Cup final 
um, is what will be next up for your storm. Let me just take a look. I apologize for not being up to date on that. August 12th. Okay. August 12th, the first ever Commissioner's Cup championship game will take place in Phoenix, Arizona, between the sun and the storm. Two teams we're familiar with, Bennett, because we were at that game. That the home game the against sun. the sun. She's, she's a freaking sharpshooter. John Cole Jones, who is good in the paint and good from three. That's some scary stuff. So August 12th is that first return game. And then August 15th, that's the sky. And then two games against the Liberty in New York on the 18th and the 20th. Maestro Athletics. Maestro Athletics just redropped their hat line. I said redrop because they had a drop and then it sold out. So I would get on that right now. Um, I don't care if you're in the car. Well, I do. If you're in the car, don't. Yeah, in the car, probably don't do it. Don't do nothing. Yeah. Uh, if you're on lunch break, Maestro Athletics is M A E S T R O Athletics. I hope you know how to spell athletics. Maestroathletics.com. Check them out, baby. Uh, before we get to soccer, Bennett, hold your imaginary horses. All right. The Kraken, big news. NHL free agency. Uh, they signed goaltender. Philip Grubauer to a six-year, $35.4 million contract. He was the Vizina Trophy finalist, and he had a league-high seven shutouts in 2021. So he's good, a good goalkeeper. But, big but, the NHL Central Registry rejected the Grubauer deal for violating league requirements to front load. So the Kraken is working to restructure that currently. So I think it'll be fine. They just got to re-push some money around, but um, the main point is that Grubauer is part of the Kraken right now. And it's, you know, in every sport I've played that's had a goalie, which is one, <laughs> if you've got a good goalie, you're going to win some games and you're going to more than likely have a good base. And to sound, not, almost like the Sounders. Well, I mean, it's true about the Sounders too. The Kraken right now at this current point, if Grubauer's contract obviously is restructured, it makes sense have two goalies that are good. So that's that's a good thing. Um, they also signed forward Alex Wenberg to a three-year, $13.5 million contract, and Jaden Schwartz to a five-year, $27.5 million contract. Schwartz won the 2019 Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. So looking ahead right now, um, for the most part, it's still free agency, um, and that's what we've got um, going ahead until we get into preseason. Okay. <clears throat> soccer bennett soccer time heartbreaking the ol rain ol rain didn't have no heartbreak baby july 31st versus racing louisville fc the team won two to nothing powered by forward eugenie les Sommers. two goals on four shots three of them on goal i will say this right now the nwsl has bad announcers i say that because we are in August now, and they're still mispronouncing names, okay? Eugenia Summer's name, her first name is spelled E-U-G-E-N-I-E, right? Yeah. You got that, right? The announcer on her first goal, and if you haven't seen her first goal, um, I'll get it here in a second, um, pronounce her name Ozane. Huh? Huh? Um, tell me, Omari or Bennett, tell me how that makes any sense. What? Zero. Zero. Makes oh, no is, sense. Is there, okay, hold on. Is there anyone else on the team with a name kind no. of like that? 
No. Huh. No. Okay. Ozone. It's like your one job. You're you, you're a broadcaster, so I'd hope you get these pronunciations right. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna show these guys the goal right now. Um, and if you haven't seen it, then you're kind of you're missing out, man. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna look at this. Okay, right here. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Uh. Ooh. Whoa, shit. That was tight. She's <laughs> she's on the ground watching. That's that's gotta be so demoralizing. Yeah, that's gotta be sad. Mixed. That's pretty good. Okay. Back to business. Um, so Les Sommer, you know, a French talent who is historic historic career over in France, you know, has joined the reign because of the oil partnership, the oil ownership, um, finally gets her two NWSL goals under her belt and helps the team win. That's, that's more so what I think she cared about. She, she always talks about wanting the team to win. So that's really cool to see. Um, and it was great to be in person for those goals. Um, she put that goal that, but that she put that girl on the ground and I was pumped. I was like, man, Oh my God. It was like watching a game of NFL street and you cross the dude over real bad. And you just kind of look at him and you're like disappointed. You're like, man, you suck. Oh, also look, let's just do this now. Uh, Omari and I misgendered Quinn. Sorry about that. We just want to fully put it there. That's our bad. I fully yeah. just, yeah, we fucked that one up. Totally dropped the bag on that. We apologize. Um, Always good to point that sort of thing out. Um, but I know that, you know, to stick on the thing with NWSL announcers, that is something that they have still not. They, they, if wow. uh, if that's, I went and they, cool. they've messed up a lot this year, they've messed up a lot. They uh, Jessica McDonald has a son. And in one of the games that she was playing, they just found a rent. Okay. So for ref for understanding, okay guys, Jessica, McDon- Jessica McDonald is black. Mm-hmm. They found a to some other black kid in the stands, and they put the oh, camera on him, and they no. said it was her son. No. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've done a horrible job this year. Oh, so no I mean, if they need way. if they need announcers, I mean, you know. Hey, I have experience. <laughs> I got I got three years of announcers. There ain't no way they did that. They did that. I'm not, oh I'm, not, God. I'm not just saying that to say it. They've, <laughs> they've shit. been very bad. That's great. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, just, disrespectful to um, have that happen at all. But then for those same announcers and just to have this continuous failure, you know, with your announcers and, and you're a league that's trying to support these world-class women and you just got, you know, garbage cans who are in the pre the, the box you know trying to announce these games it's 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 discouraging you know because these women are the top of their class you know top of the world top of the world talent and they just it's it's it's, it's again it's like you got a ferrari and then you just put like plastic tires on it it doesn't you know i don't get it um it's very discouraging Okay, I'm done. I've had a lot of anger today. I'm sorry. 
Um, the injury report for the match against Louisville uh, out were Allie Watt and Rosie White. Allie Watt still recovering from her knee surgery. Rosie White still recovering from her illness. Uh, nobody questionable, but Olympics. Um, I'll get to the news on the teams, obviously, but those who were out because of the Olympic Olympics were Megan Rapino, Roosevelt, Quinn, Nicole Mamiki, and Angelina. Angelina and Nicole Mamiki will not be playing with so both Brazil and Japan are no longer playing for anything. Um, Quinn, though. Oh, no, I almost jumped the gun. Let me get to it first. Team news. Okay. Uh, before the game that Bennett's talking about, Megan Rapinoe's winning penalty kick sent the U.S. to the semifinals and a win over in the Netherlands. And then the game that Bennett's talking about, Hard. U.S. lost to Canada one to nothing. So Quinn and Canada will play for a gold medal. They will be a part of that, and they have the chance to be the first uh, openly trans person uh, to win a gold medal. So that's huge. Yeah. And either way, they're the first uh, openly trans person to win a medal, period. So big ups to Quinn. That's so that is, yes, like, that is huge. Um, huge. Obviously, you know, it would be cool to see the U.S. win that because, I mean, we're from the U.S. Um, but I, 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 uh, Bennett, do you know who they're playing against? I want to say Australia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... You, uh, well, it's Australia or France, whoever wins, like I think tonight at 3 a.m. Stand up. Uh, oh, it's Sweden. Oh, son of a bitch. Man, of course it's Sweden. Sweden, the team that kicked right, the well, U.S.'s ass. Gotta root for Canada. Well, I guess we're Canadians. That is on August 5th, uh, as well as the, the bronze medal match between the U.S. and Australia is uh august 5th at 1 a.m and then the uh the specific time by the way and then the gold medal match is at 7 p.m sweden canada so i guess you don't have to stay up late for that unless you consider 7 p.m late um so quinn and canada will play for the gold medal megan rapino and roosevelt will play for the bronze medal rapino said that it was a bitter one to swallow and we never want to lose to canada and in saying that it's interesting because that's the U.S.'s first loss to Canada, the U.S. women's national team, since 2001. Wow. 20, I was born that year. 20 years. Holy moly. So um, the rain, though, the team that won this year, the one team that I almost said this year, the team that won this week sits at a lovely nice, could be better, but I'm not going to complain because, you know, complainers stink bad. Um, the Reigns sit at a 5-1-6 and six record. They are still eighth in the NWSL table, but they have 13... Oh, wait, no. They have 16 points right now, right? And if they win their next match and a couple other teams lose, they could jump all the way up to fourth. Holy sugar. Washington has 18 points. North Carolina has 18. Houston and Orlando have 17. We have 16. A win is the third. Is the, a win is three points. That possibility is there, man. So, you know, um, the opportunity to jump one of those teams comes on August 7th versus the Houston Dash at home here. Um, so a rematch. Last team we faced, last time we faced Houston, we lost. So rematch there. Uh, exciting. I know that the bronze medal match is on the 5th. And the rain matches on the seventh. I just highly doubt 
that we will get any of our Olympians back by then. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody that plays on the fifth is going to want to get out and go on the seventh. So I think it's a safe bet to say that we won't see Megan or Rose or Quinn in that match. And I'm okay with that because you just played in the freaking Olympics. All right. Um, so that's exciting, but you know, good for the rain. Um, okay. We've gotten to the college part of it. I've got some general college stuff and then one very tiny piece of UW football stuff. So let's power through it, boys. Um, college football relocation. This bullshit continues on. Monday, July 26th, Texas and Oklahoma told the Big 12 that they have given up grants for media rights, which paves the way for them to leave the SEC, leave for the SEC in 2025. July 27th, UT and OU apply with joint requests to the SEC seeking invitation for membership starting in July of 2025. The next day, on the 28th, a Wednesday, Big 12 alleges that ESPN is trying to destabilize the league. ESPN claims the statement that there is no merit behind those claims after the Big 12 files a cease and desist against ESPN. July 29th, Texas and Oklahoma are invited to the SEC officially. The SEC presidents and chancellors vote unanimously to invite the two clubs clubs colleges to the conference effective immediately on july 1st of 2025 espn states that there is nothing to cease and desist in regards to the accusations made by the big 12 to destabilize the big 12 i think you know what it sounds like with the big 12 with that whole cease and desist it sounds like the big 12 is embarrassed and they're just trying to they're they're, they're mad and they're frustrated <laughs> And they're mad at ESPN for reporting this news. <laughs> Does it, I mean, do you think there's any merit in the season? It sounds like they're just pissed off. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Um, August 2nd, Baylor Athletic Director mocks Texas, stating that I think it's because they felt too little of themselves. Um, and the Big 12 could see major financial losses as the conference commissioner, Bob Bowlesby. It seems Bowlesby. That's funny. Uh, warned that the Big 12 schools could face a 50% TV revenue hit when Oklahoma and Texas leave. So that's kind of funny. I'm going to laugh at the Big 12. I think that's hilarious. Uh, I don't really care. I don't put too much stake in Texas or Oklahoma. Oklahoma, not just because they stole our basketball team, but also there's nothing else out there, so I could care less. I'll also say that, like, the constant legality of college football is just complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. With actual kids and young adults' livelihoods and kind of treating them as casualties to your money-making schemes. So um, whatever happens, if they lose money, get fucked. Amari, do you have any thoughts on the uh, two teams that are leaving the SEC? Uh, well, you know, leaving uh, for the SEC. My bad. I mean, honestly, I I feel no way about it. I feel no way about it. I feel no. Yeah, way about I it. I just it's like, it's like people watching for me right now. I'm just kind of checking out what's going on, and it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I I think it's cool. I think that'll be nice because you know we get to a point where we see Oklahoma. You know, I think it was surprising last season uh, when they lost to Kansas on that uh, onside kick attempt. 
because <laughs> it was like a yard short, and I think it was like Baylor. But uh, I think it would be nice to see them pair up against some SEC teams during the regular season. Same with uh, Texas, you know. Those are – I mean, but that kind of is what makes other divisions interesting, you know. So it's kind of like if you just take all the good teams out of all the other divisions and, like, what is there going to be to, like, really watch? Are we just going to watch yeah, I mean, and dominate now? Well, I just – I got to say, like, again, as, apart from you just saying get fucked, it, it, it does make it hard to enjoy watching because of all the ridiculous – conflict and like controversy that surrounds the off season pretty much every off season in the NCAA it's just I'm I don't see like this is gonna make a bigger problem where you just you're gonna have more teams wanting to leave either for better competition better money better viewership one of those reasons it's just like I don't know. And then it's like, if you see all these teams are going to this division, then you see more players wanting to commit to play in this certain division. Mm, there'll be a lot of fallout. This yeah, <laughs> I just see like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it's cool just because, you know, I like I like watching Oklahoma play. Same with Texas. It'll be nice to see them actually play against like, you know, more uh, a harder division. But still, it's just like there's a reason why all these, you can't have all the good teams in one division, you know? It mm. just doesn't work. Super conference. It's just going to make it... It's just going to make it like it's going to make all the other divisions like D2. <laughs> like, I mean, have have conferences get reg- re- relegated. It's like, all right, you guys not, not go down. D2, but, you know, like the big sky, kinda... that's what it's going to be. Everything's going to be on like the big sky. Level. But is that not kind of where we are? I mean, well, not as bad, but well, yeah, you no, have, that like, is where we are. I think more so it'll just get worse from where we're at. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, I, I think so. it's already like that. If you look at like. Bro, who 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 knows all the teams that are in the <coughs> Mountain season? West? Like, come on, bro. Like, I don't even know. Like, not even all the teams in the SEC are relevant. If we're being honest, right now. Right. What about Mississippi? <laughs> you just said, you just said no so quick. No. And then, like, look at the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. And you get more teams that are on. Like, there's every division got like three, four teams that aren't really relevant. And I think it's just hard to find a balance for that. Like, there's no perfect way to do that, honestly. Well, what about so. Conference USA? Uh, <laughs> uh, some of these conferences are so funny. I'm being mean. So it's, just, it. it's just like, I don't know. There's no, like, smart way to really maneuver it. Yeah, it's uh, – it, it, I'm glad that not part of those schools. It's more so, like we said, it's kind of – don't got stake in it. Kind of really watching about it. Pac-12, most balanced division. Oh my goodness, man. bro, that kind of sounds like bias. No, not really. If you really look at it, bro, Pac-12, every every team in the Pac-12 is so inconsistent. You never know who's gonna win <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> That's pretty accurate, though. Nah, like literally, we're the only division where you don't see like, okay, you know Alabama, you know you can look at like Clemson in their division, like you know there's a solid like. But everybody in the Pac-12 will be losing to each other all the time. They Pac-12 don't add dark. Like, yeah, no, the Pac-12 is the most, like, balanced and most consistent, mainly. I don't parody, even know why. Parody, baby, parody. I don't even know why. I don't even know. Man. We're comical. Like, bro, UW could go and beat Oregon one day, and then, like, we might lose to, like, ASU the next, like, next week. I think that happened a couple seasons ago. 
Exactly. No, I think we beat ASU? Oregon seventy to twenty one, and then lost to ASU in the same year. Bro, exactly. And didn't ASU like beat Oregon last year or something like that? Yes. And then it's just like we lost to Oregon, but we beat eight. Like, bro, like Pac twelve make no sense. No sense. I don't know why you're saying we when you said go Crews last week. Uh, yeah, right. I don't know about that, Amari. Great... I'm a Washington supporter, okay? I'm a Washington supporter. We just alone. like the state. I, I like the state wholeheartedly. So you like uh, Eastern? Do? Relevant parts of the state. <laughs> okay. uh, speaking about Pac-12, um, the preseason media poll came out and Oregon was selected as the overwhelming favorites to win the conference in football. You know, watch the blues. as second in the north. You did not get a single vote to win the conference. Sad face. Um, Pac 12 commissioner George Klyavkov stated that the Pac 12 is in a great spot, supporting what Omari said. Oh, wait, hold up. Y'all remember when we lost a fucking cow? You dub, come on. <laughs> okay, come on. We're shooting um, Omari now. <laughs> Uh, said that the move by the two former Big 12 schools helps the Pac-12 as the conference is now the only Power 5 conference to have teams in the Mountain and Pacific time zones. Wow. Say so the, <laughs> so the moves from OU and UT gives them the option to consider expansion, but also the conference is okay sitting tight. And right. Yavkov also stated that he is opposed to con- college football playoff expansion. I don't know why people are opposed. I don't. I don't know. I would enjoy it. I don't know why people are opposed to it. I think now the fact that players are getting paid, they fully should do it. Before it was like, should players really risk themselves? Because you know, like you see players like uh, who sat out that one year, like uh, Nick Bosa. He sat out his senior year and didn't play in their bowl game because he was trying to prepare for the draft and stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You see a lot of players sitting out, like they're their bowls and stuff, you know, their final times playing football just because it's like, why would I want to risk this? So, you know, that gives them more motivation to really play. When they're like, okay, yeah, we're making money. Yeah, I can make more money, but, like, I'm willing to put it out there, you know, to really win a ring. But, you know, some people see that as, like, bro, I'm just sitting here waiting to get to the NFL. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. So, I feel like, I feel like just more football is always better. Unless they're trying to make the NFL season 18. 18 games. That's that'll be fucking Just treacherous. Watch. That'll be coming in two years. They'll say, "Hey, you guys like 17 games, right?" Hey, we're gonna add another one. Um, but for college, definitely, I'm fully with it. Come on, I'm trying, like, bro. I'm tired of the same four teams. It's that's so crazy because you know it's also like I think the first year, like Mississippi State was the number one team for a while when Dak Prescott was there. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in in a bunch of their polls, they were number one, and then they like lost. They started losing, and then they fell off the face of the earth. Uh, and then Ohio State won it that year. Um, I just feel like there's a lot more good teams out there, and they just don't get the chance because you know they got they got that one loss on their belt. Yeah, it's like yeah, and that's that's always what the debate the uh, committee debate shows always about. Stuff, Bro, right? also college football Twitter be making me mad. Be like, well, they only got this one loss, but you know if they would have played. Well, you know it's a what if. Shut up. Shut up. Every year, same shit. Speaking of, like, what oh. no, Speaking of what if, tune yeah. in. <laughs> Speaking of what if, speaking of another podcast, um, with that that show doesn't exist, doesn't run anymore. 
Anyway, uh, to wrap it up, uh, team news. Four-star athlete Jaleel Tucker included UW in his top three schools. He's being primarily recruited as a cornerback, and his other schools are Florida State and Oregon. So to wrap up the longer show today. Um, okay, so today's show was long. I'm sitting here like, bro, I feel like we've been on this call for a minute. Yeah, because we talked about baseball for a while, and we talked about vaccine stuff for a while. Um, so overall – uh Seahawks training camp is underway. Uh the Mariners continue throughout the regular season. There are seven games above 500. The Sounders have lost two straight, sadly. The Storm are still on the Olympic break. The Rain won the last three of their four. Um crack and free agency. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what's going on right now. So we've got everybody back. I want I want a funny noise from Omari, and I want Omari to hold a singing tone for five seconds. Omari's doing both of those things? Oh, uh, <laughs> I meant Bennett. Oops. Yeah, I was about to say, I think Bennett would be better at that second one. But... All right. You have your right. assignments. <clears throat> one, two, three, go. Uh... Omari, what was your funny noise? Yeah, Omari, make it a little uh, do you guys not remember Meep from that episode of Fancy and Fur? Yeah, I did really quietly. You gotta, you gotta say it again. Oh, sorry. Nice. That's the show. We'll be back in a week. See you. Baba Booey.